really give up, to really resign because of expectations and assumptions. I remember my first church, I expected everybody in my hometown to come. And like four five people to them. And at first church, I expected everybody I led in the Lord to be faithful. And that never happened. And I, I assumed that since I had the truth, and I was saved, that all my relatives, I'm a huge family, all my relatives would listen to me. I assumed they would. That is how it is. And I found out real quick that, man, alive, if I, if I don't put my expectations in the Lord, and I start putting them in people and things, I'm in trouble. Because people and things keep, keep letting me down. And I think when we have high expectations of others, and we assume things wrongly, I think we get discouraged. I think we get depressed. And I think we want to now, sheep, on the other hand, they, they prefer still water. Psalm 23, 2, we don't need to turn there. Uh, and they can to lie down between, uh, beside still waters. That's what sheep like. They like to be around still water. And in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, you read that passage, it talks about Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you some peace. So, you know, the answer for us is to uh, be like sheep. Refer to the waters and then come unto the Lord and let Him give us that peace. I think we can achieve and maintain this, this still waters concept as we look at this um, subject tonight of a peaceful living in our homes and hearts and heavenly house. So, Roman number one, put in the word homes. Roman number two, you put in the word hearts. Roman number three, you put in the word heads. And Roman number four, I'll give you a multiple choice. You can put hands or habits. It doesn't make a difference. Because what you do with your hands is your habit anyway. But peaceful habits are peaceful hands. To our neighbors, friends, coworkers, and classmates throughout the week. Well, thank you for the help that only you can give. In Christ's name, amen. Now, I could add a lot more, but in the interest of time, I'm not going to tell you too many illustrations tonight. Um, but I've known one or two or half a dozen people that have really gone through a lot. I mean, they have had to take care of their mates for years, and some have lost three and four children. There's a lady acquaintance of ours from Duluth's, and uh, she's had to bury three of her children. And the saddest part of all that is all three of them committed suicide as adults. I mean, that's heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. And, and how, and she, when she wrote back to me last time, she said, I just go to the cemetery. She said, I, I sit on the bench and I, and I say, why, God? Why? She said, she's looking for peace. She's looking for hope. I don't know that she's a believer. I hope she is. But uh, there's some folks out there, and you know some of them. Maybe you're one of them. We have some really heavy stuff to deal with, and it's important that we learn this subject of peace and learn where it comes from and how to get a handle on it. So you write fast and I'll try to preach fast, okay? Sometimes our best messages, pastors, are, are the short ones, okay? Peaceful homes. Well, let's start in verse number one. These brethren, by the way, that's if you're saved, you're part of the brethren. Dearly beloved, that's you if you're saved. And long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. Letter A, their stand 
These kind of people that have the right homes have a stand that is similar to ours. They have a stand in the Lord. It's amazing how many times that prepositional phrase shows up in your Bible, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. In fact, just study the New Testament sometimes and see how many times it says in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. It's very, very important that we stand firm in the Lord. And to have a peaceful home, it's important that people within that home, whether it's a home church or a home home family, or uh, whether it's some kind of unity you want to have at work, if you're not standing along people with similar stands, it makes it very complicated and difficult. These people that uh, Paul is writing to here at Philippi were people that had a similar stand. They, they trusted Jesus. Secondly, their mind was similar. If you look at verse 2, I beseech Iodias and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind. You know, don't you like it when you bump into somebody that has a kindred spirit with yours? They have the same mind. I do. And I really don't like bumping into people that have a, a different mind. They're way out there. They, I, I meet them all the time and they don't think like me. They don't they don't talk like me, they don't look like, they're just not at all on the same page. But when people have a similar stand and a similar mind, then that is helpful. And it's a mind that's not anxious. Uh, look at verse number six. Be careful for nothing, it says in Philippians four and verse number six. And we don't need to be anxious, anxious Christians who go to bed wringing our hands every night wondering how the Lord's going to happen tomorrow how the Lord's going to handle tomorrow look he was in charge of yesterday he helped you make it through the day today guess what he's going to show up tomorrow and he's going to help you tomorrow as well uh, we know who holds the future it's his and he's going to help us through it so we don't have to be anxious we can have a a mind we have the mind of Christ another part of the New Testament says let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus within after you get through the four Gospels and you, and, you, and you lose Revelation, everything between the four Gospels and Revelation is really the mind of Christ concerning us. And we need to appreciate that and have a similar mind in order to have peaceful homes and peaceful churches. Let her see. Their company is similar. Look at verse 3. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. A yoke fellow is somebody who yokes up with you. It's not somebody who tells a lot of yokes. That was bad. He's a yoke fellow. He's somebody that yokes up with you and does the work. As our brother here goes around looking for supporting churches and looking for people to uh, help him get to England, people are going to yoke up with him. Churches are going to yoke up with you. People are going to write to you, and you're going to write back to them. The yoke fellows. And so they have fellow laborers. Look at verse 3. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and with other of my fellow laborers, he says in verse number three, whose names are written in the book of life. So you know, they're believers. Their stand is similar, their mind is similar, their company is similar. Look at verse, uh, letter D here. Their attitude is similar. What kind of attitude did they have? Well, verse five, or verse four, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. That's their attitude. Their attitude comes from the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is their strength. And uh, that's so important. You know, as a, when I was teaching in a Christian school, the, 
the juniors and senior boys and girls would always come and say, what's God's will for my life anyway? What do you, Pastor, what do you think God's going to do with me? And I said, well, you can start in 1 Thessalonians. I think it's uh, chapter 5, verses uh, 16, 17, and 18, where it says, uh, rejoice in the Lord and pray without ceasing. Uh, and let all your, let's see, I better say that now. I'm getting get ahead of myself, and then I get... Where do I want to go here, class? First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians in chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice evermore, high school student. This is what you should do. You should have a happy spirit, a happy attitude. You should pray without ceasing. You need to learn to pray over everything. And then 18, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks. And then I have them read out loud the last part of verse 18. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And then a little light comes on, and they say, oh, it's that easy. Yeah, that's how it starts. It starts by faith, and then, then you follow the Lord, and sooner or later, he makes you a fisher of men. And uh, that's having a good attitude, the kind of attitude that caused you to rejoice. Not only was their attitude similar, but their giving is similar. Now, for this, question, for this one, I had to get a little pastor's help, so I asked pastor for that definition of that word, moderation. Uh, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And I put on here letter E, their giving is similar. Now, moderation uh, speaks of being patient. It speaks of being gentle. And it speaks of being suitable. So in our, in our giving and in our living, as others look to us, let your moderation be known unto all men, not just saved people, as the whole world watches you, you should be living with a patient, gentle, suitable, generous spirit. Christians ought to be the most generous people on the planet. Really. I mean, it's not the amount that you give. We know from preaching on the tithe that, look at the widows, the widows might. When I was in Israel, I picked up a little might. It's like one, one tenth of a cent. And all she had was two mites to give. And, and yet the, the Bible says that she gave all. And, and you know, the, the, the best people for me to be around are, are generous Christians. And I'm not talking just financially. I mean, they're generous when, it, when I need some help. They're generous when I need some encouragement. They're generous when the offering plate comes by. They're just generous people. And that, that ought to be our legacy. That ought to be our testimony. And we ought to let our moderation, that, that genuine giving patient, gentle, suitable spirit ought to be visible to all men. Letter F here. Their prayer life is similar. Their prayer life is similar. Look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. With these similarities, it says after Roman number 1, our disappointments can be properly viewed as his appointments, Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good. Now, you and I both know that all things are not good. There's a lot of bad things happening in Minneapolis. But the Lord can work that situation out for his glory and for his good. Somebody's going to have a funeral to go to, and somebody's going to get saved. Some people are going to think more seriously about their walk with the Lord because of that. Just, it's important that we um, take our disappointments and make them his appointments and see how we can learn and grow from each case.
trial for me's trouble. So that's Roman number one. Their stand, their mind, their company, their attitude, their giving, and their prayer life are all similar. And all things work together for good to them that love God. Let's go to Roman number two. This will be a little quicker. Peaceful hearts. Peaceful hearts. Look at verse seven. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. So that's the second blank there in Roman numeral two. Because a peaceful heart leads to a unified mind, a singular mind. Our goal, as he said, you know, train, see people saved, and then train somebody else. This should be the mindset of everybody in our church. We should be praying about our neighbors. We should be praying about our coworkers. We should be praying about our classmates if we're in school because we want that singularity. And if we get that peaceful heart collectively as a church, then it says it's beyond human understanding. I don't know about you, but I don't know why I get along so well with some people. That's just the Lord working because really I have no reason to get along with them. But for some reason, I just get along with them. That, that's the kind of peace that God wants us to have. That's the kind of heart he wants us to have. And it's that singularity of mind. I just love, one of the things about this, my position here is I get to go to other churches and, and uh, preach, you know, periodically. I just love that because I get to meet new people. And for the most part, they're people that are saved. And they have that glow in their eye. We, we can just, we can hit it off so well and so fast and it's so refreshing that's because we have the peace of God in our hearts and we have a mind to do the same things. So first you get a peaceful home, then you get a peaceful heart. Now you need peaceful heads. Look at verse 8. Verse 8, a peaceful head. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good, and of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I'd been saved about a year, and I had a wood-burning habit. I like to, burn, I like to wood burn, so I got me a, a board about 12 inches wide and about 18 inches tall, and I started burning that verse, Philippians 4, 8, because I wanted to learn it. So I wanted God to burn it into my heart as I burned it into this board. I started burning. Finally, brother, and whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. And one of my daughters came up to me and said, Dad, you spell whatsoever wrong. I had to take the board, break it in half, throw it in the wood stove, get another board, and start all over again. So I started all over again the second time. I got through the first half of this verse, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just. And then I put whatsoever things are lovely and whatsoever things are pure. My daughter came back and she said, Dad, you put, you put lovely ahead of pure, and it's supposed to be pure and then lovely. Oh, man, so I broke that board in half through the way. By the time I was done making Philippians 4.8, I had burned about four, four cords of wood, okay? I had, born, I had burned about four of them, but the Lord burned the verse into my heart. And I can't say it perfectly from start to finish, but I can tell you this. Every one of those words are a picture of our Savior. They really are. Whatsoever things are true, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. Whatsoever things are honest, <laughs> who is more honest than honest Abe? Honest Jesus. He's honest about everything. He's just who is purer than him? Who is more lovely than him? Who gives us, who can give us a better report than the Lord? And it says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think. That's a key word. Because what we're lacking today are Christian thinkers. 
We have a lot of Christian stinkers with bad doctrine, doing a lot of things wrong. We need some, we need some Christian intellects who think doctrinally sound and straight and can start turning things around in their community and their church. I think it's important that we promote good Christian thinking. Because if we think well, we'll do well. And if we think poorly and if we think angrily, then that's the way we're going to behave. We need to learn to think well. Thoughts and thinking is the key to all of this. Concentrating on true, honest, just, pure, and lovely things of good report stills our waters. It helps us relax and enables us to think and praise rightly. I don't know what you do when you get bad news about a relative that died or when you get bad news that the IRS is after you. Or I don't know, I don't know where you go when you get bad news, but I usually go to my hymn book or my Bible. And I start reading about the goodness of God or I start singing about the goodness of God. My troubles seem to kind of drift off. And I've found it's very helpful to, uh, to be able to do that. As long as we have a missionary here. I, I'll never forget this story, but I heard the story of a missionary one time that went to a country where, where people were, there's just millions and millions of people, and he had an apartment, I don't know how high up, just a couple stories up, and he was, and he was unable to reach any of these people. He just could not reach them. But every night when he, uh, before he went to bed, he, he wanted to cheer himself up, so he started singing. And he would sing through the hymn book. And he, he wouldn't sing all the hymns in one night, but he, he was in his little room and millions of people around him that weren't coming to Christ, and he was in his room singing. I don't know whether he sang Victory in Jesus or Great is Thy Faithfulness or what it was he sang, but he sang with a lot of gusto. He sang loud because he was trying to relax. And uh, after several months of singing, he thought one night while he was singing, he would open up the, the windows to his little missionary apartment. And when he opened up the windows, he found out that the whole community had gathered together just to listen to him, to listen to him sing praises to the Lord. They probably couldn't understand English, but they liked his singing. And without even realizing, he was ministering and witnessing to those people through song and through praise. It's good to have a peaceful home, a peaceful heart, a peaceful head. I'm wrap this up with peaceful habits. Look at verse 9. Here they are. Letter A. First of all, we've got to focus on learning. True education is the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. I mean, there's a zillion things to learn if you have a smartphone. Uh, by the way, Pastor, I bought a poster today, and it says, no cell phones allowed. <laughs> I told Liz it was for her, and she said, no, it's not. But today, you can learn so many things on your smartphone. Uh, Michael was showing me the other day a couple things. I said, how do you do that? He said, push this button, you know. You'll learn it. It's just there. But, you know, sometimes that, that takes us away from the Word of God. Be very careful. Jesus said, learn of me. Sometimes we've we got to be careful because those, those things out there that tickle our ears and make us feel good, and Jesus is saying, hey, how about, how about learning about me? So learning is very important. We've got to focus on learning. The word education is not in your Bible, but if you study the words learn and learned, you'll find there's a lot of those in the Bible. And God wants us learning him and his, his word. That's true education. Secondly, we must focus on receiving. And that means we're accepting and saying yes to truth. Verse number nine, those things which you have both learned and received. Well, I get it. He's right. I'm going to do that. 
You receive them. You accept them. You say yes to truth. You deny the flesh. You deny the devil. You say yes to truth. You receive truth. When you receive Christ, you got saved. Now you need to receive his truth so you can do right. Thirdly, we must focus on hearing. That's acknowledging truth and confirming it. You've received truth and you've heard it. You actually listened. Not like the man who was told by his wife to stop at the grocery store and pick up a gallon of ice cream and a loaf of bread. And he comes home with a slab of bacon and a bottle of orange juice. And he heard her, but he wasn't listening. And when we, when we look at the Word of God and we listen to a sermon, we, gotta, we have to really listen with both ears, actually all three ears, one here, one here, and one here. Because if we listen with our whole heart and our ears, we can actually get something from pastor's preaching. And anybody's preaching for that matter. Just, we just have to learn to hear well. If you, if you put a T or cross at the end of here, you have heart. I think the way to a man's heart is fundamentally through his ears. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I've told people for years, the first commandment, the first commandment, hear, O Israel. And then he goes into the, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul. But he says, hear, O Israel. Listen, that's what he says. I think that's very important. Focus on learning, receiving, hearing, and I'm almost done, class. Focus on following. Those things Paul says that you've seen in me do. Paul's life and testimony was basically, folks, follow me as I follow Christ. Do what I have done. I had my dead level best to witness, to preach the truth. All the Jewish people in the synagogues, I've tried my dead level best to share Christ. You get out there and do the same thing. Do what you've learned. Share what you've received. Focus on hearing more truth. Conclusion. You can replace any disgust with delight by having a peaceful home, peaceful heart, peaceful head, and peaceful habits. We cannot all have our way, but we can purpose in our homes and our hearts and our heads and our habits to do things his way. Philippians 4.9. I told you I was going to read the last stanza. With me. And when my task on earth is done, when by thy grace the victory is won, even death's cold wave I will not flee, since God through Jordan leadeth me. I hope he's leading you. I just love it when he leads me, and I just hate it when the devil does. But uh, hopefully that's helpful to you tonight. If you're glad you came to church, say amen. Let's stand and have a word of prayer. Pastor, come on up.